I think it's been a while. I think it's been a while since we've broken out of our typical mold with the 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 tease and then the music comes in and the big voice of God and then I yeah, so let's mix it up. I feel like mixing it up today. Why don't we start this episode with a story? I'm not sure exactly how old I was. I it, it had to be early twenties. And I had just been promoted into my very first ever position of management. I had a team to lead and it was small. And this was, again, low level management position. And it was in downtown Salt Lake City. It's where I was working at the time, downtown Salt Lake in the western U.S. And and it was a, uh, a news operation, a, a journalism operation. So a, a, a television, an NBC uh, television affiliate and a, uh, and a local all news uh, radio station that was the highest rated radio station of all formats in the market had a ton of people listening to it and so a storied brand that this brand was a storied brand in uh, in that market so i was given a position and guess what i was thinking when i was promoted yeah i've made it <laughs> i've arrived i uh, i'm all that and even more i i was not lacking in self-esteem as i was promoted into that position and one of the one of the uh, duties I had, one of the responsibilities I had in that position of of uh, management, was to start attending the Monday management meeting that was led by the general manager of our news operation. And I was super excited to finally be on the other side of that conference room door, because everybody knew these meetings took place every Monday, and decisions were made in there, and the important people and the powerful people. Um, in our organization went to that meeting, but we really didn't know what happened inside of it. Well, now I had a seat at that conference room table. Like that was huge. So the meetings took place on Monday in the second floor conference room just outside the general manager's office in a beautiful room overlooking downtown Salt Lake, all windows on one side. And we were pampered in the meeting. You come in in super comfortable plush chairs, long, big wooden conference room table and snacks and food and, you know, drinks for everybody. And we were pampered. So it came time for me to go to my first meeting. I walk in and I find a seat. I sit down in it. And how do you think I was feeling? Like scared out of my mind. Like nervous beyond, and I, I'm not a nervous person. I don't get nervous very often, but I was, I was filled with anxiety. Why? Because these people around the table were in a totally different league than me. And and and, and I, you know, I didn't really process why I felt that way. But looking back, I I thought, I don't know what I can add. Like I I don't want to say the wrong thing. I don't want to embarrass myself. I don't want to embarrass the people that promoted me. I don't know when I'm stepping on toes of other people and when I can say something. And there are things we're talking about that I disagree or feel strongly about. But I don't know the dynamics or another negative word for that, the politics of the room. And so I just, my first meeting, I sat totally silent. And then the next week's meeting came and I did it again. And then again, and again, and again, and this whole pattern developed where I like hardly said anything. Now, let me share something with you. I 
did not know at all what my leadership strengths were and what my weaknesses were. I had absolutely no clue about what I offered an organization. I mean, I knew I knew I had passion and I had dedication and I was committed and I was a hard worker and I had all kinds of strong skills that were really important to executing well on the job I had, very specific to my job. But I didn't know what these other positions required and I didn't know what they were looking for and I didn't know what I offered that other people didn't offer and what my, I didn't know any of that. Which gets me to the point of this week's episode. And so let me do some of the formalities and then let's dive in. And I want to share an experience I just had in Austin, Texas, that I can tie back into why I'm telling this story this week. So welcome into the Decide to Lead podcast. I'm Russ Hill, the host of this little show that uh, is catching fire that we uh, that we love doing. And I'm, I'm not doing any of the show open or the typical music or any of the production we typically do on this episode. So if this is the first show you've ever listened to. They don't all usually sound like this. Uh, but I like to mix it up because I get bored doing the same thing every week. So we're doing this show differently, which is what I do from time to time. And so um, what else do I need to say? Oh, the, OK. So decide to lead. The podcast is for people who've made the decision to lead because leadership's a choice. It's not something I can give to you. So if you've made the decision to lead and you don't have to have a fancy title or even any team that reports to you, you can be a frontline 16 year old employee and yet have made the decision to lead or you can not even have a job. But you're a leader in your home or you're a leader with your friends, you're a leader wherever. So you've made the decision to lead or positively influence other people to help them achieve the results they're trying to achieve. And why would you ever want to tune into this show? Well, hopefully because you find it a place where you can get some ideas or some thoughts or I cause you or whomever we have on the show, if we have a guest that we cause you to think differently or to consider things you maybe haven't considered before. That is my job on the show. Well, what do I bring to the table? I work as a consultant, travel the world, interacting with executives, primarily C-suite executives, and mostly for Fortune 500, Fortune 50 companies, largest restaurant chains, manufacturing companies, healthcare, insurance companies, yada, yada. We could go on. So I'm interacting with a ton of leaders. And on this show, I try to share things that I'm witnessing, observing, learning without saying a lot of names because they're all kinds of legal documents that protect me from sharing too much of what I'm seeing inside these organizations. So this is episode 38. And uh, if you haven't subscribed, tap on the subscribe button. You'll get one of these every week. Okay, so here's what happened. I'm going to tie back to the story, my personal experience in a minute, because there's some lessons that I think are really important for all of us to learn. And uh, and I want to share what those are, because I just had an experience that caused me to think, oh, crud, yeah, that's right. People don't all get this. And so let me share that experience now. So I'm in Austin, Texas, meeting with a company you've never heard of. Yet they are massive. Well, they're not massive, but they're, I mean, no, they're not massive at all um, from a revenue standpoint, but they're global. I guess well, the reason I'm thinking big is because they're all over. So in the room at this resort in Austin, Texas, you had leaders from Australia. You had them from, uh, where else were they? The Netherlands. You had them from uh, South Korea. You had people from Europe. You had people from Canada, across the U.S. This company is spread out. It's an energy company. 
and uh, and they're growing and they they've got a lot of cash and so they're they're purchasing companies and they, they just they got a bright future but they've never uh, they've never in the in, in the over 6 decades this company has been around they've never gotten all their leaders together in the same room from around the world which is just crazy 6 decades and they haven't done that so i'm flying in with a team from our firm to lead or help help facilitate this meeting uh, several days of meetings with the leaders flown in from around the world. And we've been working on setting up this meeting for months with the team internally. And so what do they want to accomplish? What are the outcomes? What they really want to do is start working on culture. They'd never defined the culture that they wanted to have as an organization. And now as they grow, they're realizing, well, we, we need to know what the, how are people supposed to think and act? So we need a set of what we would call cultural beliefs. Amazon calls them leadership principles. Some other organizations call them cultural behaviors. You could call them values with a capital V, not the ones that hang back in some dusty place somewhere and never get used, but values with a capital V and that are being operationalized. So call them whatever you want. This company decided they wanted to have some definition around the, uh, some clarity around the kind of culture they need in order to grow and hit the targets by the way, they're publicly traded, this company is, and so in order to hit the targets that investors need them to hit. So we're in the room, multiple day strategy session going into next year. And um, and so on halfway through day two, one of the members of the senior leadership team makes it, I, I'm facilitating at this point, I'm leading a discussion. We got people spread out throughout the whole room. It's a working session in a ballroom of a hotel at this resort. And, and the senior leader raises his hand. He wants to make a comment. So he interrupts me. Hey, Russ, can I say this? Yep, absolutely. Go ahead. We'll call him Mike. Mike makes his comment. Mike's wearing a, you know, a suit without a tie, but he's, you know, he's looking authoritative. He's dressed that way. He's clean cut. He looks professional, whatever. Not that any of that matters, but I'm just trying to describe what he looks like. And so you get a visual and he makes this comment and uh, it's a good comment. And then he sits down and it's time to break for lunch. So we break for lunch after I make a couple more comments. Then Mike comes over to me as everyone's grabbing their stuff and heading to lunch. And he says, hey, Russ, um, quick question for you. What, what feedback do you have for me around that comment? Like, did, did that come across right? Did what I say to the room make sense? And, and Mike's experienced. I mean, he's on the senior team of a publicly traded company that's got a global presence. Mike travels a ton around the world interacting with uh, folks at these different sites. And, uh, and I, said to, I said to Mike, I said, Mike, great comment. Yeah, I came across. This is what I liked about it. This is what you said. You were clear, concise. I think people understood. And he said, well, you have any constructive feedback for me? And I said, yeah, I do. Um, where you been? Where, where you been, Mike? And he looked at me like, what are you talking about? I said, Mike, it's halfway through day two. Like we had all day one. Then we had this entire morning starting at 8 a.m. till now. And that was the first comment you made. Where have you been? And then I, I, and, and he said, yeah, you know, I, I was, I wanted to say some things yesterday, but I wasn't sure and whatever else. And, I, and then I, I had a, a conversation with Mike here and here's basically what I, what I, and I had the same conversation with a food services executive, um, at a meeting the day after in another city on the West coast. And, uh, and they were, this was their, uh, the national sales team lead, the, the, nat, the leadership team of the national sales team for this, a fortune 500, 
a food services company. I, I, and I said the same thing to a leader there, seasoned, uh, experienced leader. And here's what I said to both of them. I said, look, you don't want to dominate the conversation and you don't want to be the guy or a gal who like never stops talking, but you can't disappear. Like you can't vanish in the room as we're talking about really important issues for the organization. And you got a bunch of leaders in the room who are observing and listening and they don't interact with you every day. They don't, they're not in your office. They're not, they're not around you all the time. And so they're really placing a lot of significance on body language, on comments, on who agrees with what they're trying to figure that out as they get ready to go back to their jobs. So you've got to create this experience for them that helps them understand where everybody, where, what, what they need to be doing, what you're thinking. And so with these leaders, and let's just stick with Mike for a second. I said, Mike, the, the longer you stay quiet, the more your value diminishes. That, and, and that's exactly how I said it to him. Mike, the longer you stay quiet in these meetings, the more your value diminishes. Because we aren't seeing you, the other members of the senior team, and all these other leaders, members of the extended leadership team, they're not seeing you as significantly important to the direction of the organization. And this is something that, that goes back to the experience I opened this episode with, because I didn't understand that going to those management meetings. I didn't realize that, no, 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 Russ, on day one, the very first week you came to the meeting, you got to bring value. You've got to contribute. You've got to offer ideas. You've got to prove that you deserve the seat that you've been given and you don't prove it by sitting there and taking copious notes and being willing to execute. That's good. That's important. But the reason we put you in this position, the reason you have that title or you've been given this opportunity is because of the value you can bring. So what does that look like? Okay. Can you tell can you tell I'm passionate about this? Like I want I wish someone where was this episode when I was 22 years old? Why didn't I get taught this? I mean I wish so badly that I had learned this way back then because I would have been able to bring so much more value to the organizations I worked with, the people I was supposed to be leading, the, the my peers who were looking to me to be able to help them. So I'm passionate about people getting this. And I don't care if you work in an organization with 100,000 employees or more, or you work in a company with 10 people. The principle applies. It applies at church. It applies in community organization. It applies in your, it applies everywhere. Okay. So you got to speak up. So what does it look like? You got to bring value. You got, you, you, you want you, you, you can't keep that all, you know, put in the jar and, and screw the lid on tight. And it's, it's all that goodness that's in you is kept in that jar. You got to let it out and you got to let people experience that. And I, I realize people lack confidence and I certainly did at that young age in, in those management team meetings when I was first invited, but let me solve this for you. Okay. Here's what you do. So if the conversation, I'm going to get super tactical with you on this. Cause again, I wish someone had coached me on this. So I'm sitting in a meeting and we're having a conversation and I, there's nothing surprising in it. It's just a typical conversation, but we, we might be talking about strategy on this side or the other. My general rule now is don't let 30 minutes go by without being heard. 
because then you start to vanish and people wonder, where is he? Where Where's Russ on this issue? Does he care about it? Is he engaged? Does he have passion around it? Does he agree with what's being said? Does he disagree with it? Is he awake over there? I mean, they start they start going through all these things in their minds, these questions. You don't want that. To, you don't want to allow that to happen. So I generally now and you could figure out whatever time frame works for you. But it's certainly if it's an ongoing long meeting, you don't want to allow more than an hour to go by. If it's an hour long meeting, you don't want like 20 or 30 minutes to go by without being heard. You don't want. And, and, and what does that sound like? It can be as simple as this. Let's say we're having a discussion on a project and it's on track and whatever else I'm listening to it. My thought is I'm glad that's on track. I'm really glad with the way it's progressing. I, 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 I like everything I'm hearing. Then say it, speak up and just say, Hey, quick comment, Ted, or Janice, or Jim, or whoever it is that's talking. Hey, quick comment. Yeah, go ahead, Russ. What was your comment? I just want to, what you all are talking about, spot on. I, I totally like what we're hearing about this. And I think this project's super important to the organization. And if you all need anything, just let me know. I'm, I'm really liking what I hear. Boom, done, over. That's all I need to say. People go, okay, good, good. It can be as simple as that. And, and so if you agree with what's being said, weigh in on that. Let people in the room know. It can be a five-second comment. And by the way, what I'm teaching right now, it doesn't just apply to meetings. This is, applies in the organization, so in day-to-day interaction. So if you're somebody who at work doesn't go to a ton of meetings, you need to speak up and let your leader know certain things. I don't care if you're a, a, you know, a bagger at Target. You, you still need to speak up and, and let people know kind of how you're thinking. Hey, I totally appreciate that you all did this or whatever. When you make those kind of comments, people go, whoa, she noticed that? Oh, my gosh. She's thinking that way? That's interesting. Oh, he? Oh, wow. And so when you agree, you speak up and you let people know. And when you disagree, you do the same thing, right? Because people take silence as consent, right? It's not, but that's what they think. Oh, well, if she didn't think we should do it this way, she would have said something. So she clearly must think that we're taking this in the right direction or they like that policy or they like that new project we've asked them to do, whatever it is. And so if you disagree, you got to speak up and you got to speak up to the people that can actually influence what's being talked about. Most employees speak up during the break in the meeting on a call with someone that's a peer that can't influence that thing. You know what I'm talking about? They speak up and vent or complain, but not to, not in a way that's productive or helpful to anybody that can actually influence it. So you, you, when I say speak up, I don't mean vent to, to people that aren't involved. I mean, say it to the people that need to hear it. So, um, so that was my conversation with, <laughs> with Mike. And, uh, and, and I'm coaching Mike. And so I'm, I'm going to keep working with him on that. And, um, and then back to, to my experience as a young leader, let, let me tell you what, what, what would be helpful, um, to all of us. And it would have been really helpful to me as a young leader. And that is figure out what your strengths are. What are you really good at in, in, in your industry, in your organization, in wherever, what do you as a leader offer that's unique to you? Like you're super creative. Your brain works in totally unique ways. You come up with ideas faster and more and just you, you think outside the box. It's just the way that you're wired. Or it could be that you think pro, you're really good at process 
and you 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 hear the creative people and you're good at figuring out how do we need to execute on that and you understand the process and procedure and all of that or you're really good at consensus building and so you're good at getting both sides to listen to each other and do this out of the or you're good at big picture visionary strategic thinking so you you can see where we need to be i always tell people i live in the future because that's a strength of mine i'm not living today like today I'm thinking about next week and next week I'm thinking about next month. And I'm, I, I can't stand, you know, one of the challenges with organizations I've worked with and for over the years is if they're not thinking three years out, if they're not totally focused on taking the company where we need to be in two or three years, I get hives. Like I, I did, oh my gosh, I can't function because that's how my brain works. And I realize that's a strength of mine that other people don't have. See, cause not everyone, this is what the, this is what the 20 whatever year old version of me in that management team meeting didn't get. I didn't understand this. We all think very differently. We all have very different strengths. We all have very different blind spots and weaknesses. So you've got to assess that. So this is what I want you to do. If you aren't clear on that, and I don't even care if you're 69 years old and, and on the, the tail end of your professional career, and you're listening to the, or you're 15 and thinking about your future and when you will be able to work, what, wherever you're at, I want you to, and whether you've done this before or not, I want you to just become even more clear on what your strengths are. Well, how do you know that? Well, some of it is just in, in, instinct, you know, from what people have said to you and, and what you've noticed. So you write that down or you put that into a notes app on your iPhone or whatever, or you, you what, or a journal or, or whatever. I don't, but you need to know these things. So what are my strengths? And you write, write those down. I'm really good at this. And I think differently than other people in these ways. And then the other side of the, the sheet of paper, right? Or the other section of the notes is what, where are kind of my blind spots? Ah, I tend to be so impatient. Like I don't give people enough space to process and get aligned with or or to 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 I don't give them time to to come on board with me. I'm throwing out all these visionary ideas and they're th- four steps behind me and I don't give them time to catch up and then I get ticked off and that creates the wrong experience for them, whatever it is, you know. And so you come up with, OK, well, these are some things that I'm not I think I need to be aware of where I need to be. I need to be sensitive to them. And so you look at that list of strengths and weaknesses, and then you go armed into that, into that leadership meeting knowing, oh, okay, this is the unique perspective I have or the strengths that I offer that maybe others don't. And so I'm going to represent that in the room. You tracking with me? This makes sense to you? Because when you know what you're really good at, look, I'm traveling the world, you all, and our organization gets paid a lot of money. And for those of you who are clients who are listening Thank you very much. We're so grateful for your loyalty to us as an organization. We get paid a lot of money as an organization. Significant. When I first saw, when I first joined on firm, I'm like, whoa, 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 wait. They pay us that much to, wait, they're going to pay that much to have Russ Hill on site in their meeting. Yeah, they're going to pay that much for you to be there for four hours. Okay. Yeah, I used to make that in a year. That's so these organizations are paying significant amounts of money for people to be on site and add value, right? Well, I didn't even know I had anything to offer a a few years before I joined our firm. I didn't even know that I was decent at leadership. Guess how I figured it out. Like that person told me, and then that person told me, 
And then that person made a comment that made me think about it. And then that, and then I noticed I was thinking differently than that. And, and, and so I started thinking, wow, Russ, like you suck at a lot of things, which is totally true, but you're good at this. And so like, I, I know that I'm a really good storyteller because how do I know that? Cause people have told me that. And I spent a ton of my career getting good at it. I studied it in college. It's what I study, how to tell stories. I've read book after book after book from people who are expert stories. And I've, I, I'm not the best and I need to get better, but I'm really good. So I know that. I know that's a strength of mine. So what's my confidence level when I'm in a meeting and telling, I'm way high on telling a story. Yet I totally stink in other areas. And so having a good assessment of yourself is helpful so that when you go into different settings, you know where to speak up and what you offer that's unique. Okay, that's what I'm trying. Like that Mike in that meeting in Austin, Texas. I, I'm not sure Mike has clarity on what he's bringing to the organization. He has some of it, but what's he? What, what does he offer that other members of the senior team don't? What's the value he brings to the organization right now that's unique to him or that not a lot of other people have? Well, he's got to vocalize that. He's got to represent it in two days of meetings and not just make a, you know, a 30-second comment halfway through day two. All right. Oh, wow, I'm ranting today, aren't I? Okay, hopefully this makes sense and uh, you're tracking with me. Figure out your value. The, the, the takeaway is this. Assess what your strengths and weaknesses are. Have a good picture and understanding of what, what you bring to any organization or what's unique and good about you. Allow that to give you confidence and then speak up. Bring value. The longer, one of the big takeaways I want you to have from this episode is the longer you're silent, the more your value is diminishing. I don't want you all going crazy chatting in every minute, like, oh, raise my, I'm raising my hand again, raising it again. I want to speak again. I'm speaking. No, you, you know the other side of this, right? The people that won't be quiet, that don't understand. Yeah, we've heard you and we heard you again and we heard you again. No, but you need to weigh in on issues. Otherwise, your value is diminishing. People want to hear your perspective. And the more you offer it, understanding your strengths, the more value you have to the people around you. You're learning, you're curious, you're humble in it, but you're speaking up, expressing concerns, endorsing different things. Um, you're totally involved in the discussion that's happening. That's how people will perceive that. So, okay, uh, before I wrap up, LinkedIn, holy crap, you all, I'm going crazy on LinkedIn. The, like a lot of you have reached out to me and DM'd me on LinkedIn and I totally appreciate it, but I'm putting out a lot of content because it's getting a lot, uh, like the amount, just things are going well. Like I have so many thoughts on my mind clearly about LinkedIn. If you haven't connected with me on LinkedIn, will you please do that? I'm putting out content multiple times a day right now, videos, lots of videos, putting out um, documents. So like, how do you, I don't talk a lot in these episodes. I think I'm going to do one coming up soon about, um, you know, I talk a lot about managing culture, but never in any of the 38 episodes we've done so far, I've never laid that out. What does that look like? How do you manage culture? I'm going to do that soon, but I'm producing documents on LinkedIn, giving them out that walk you through that process. I'm producing what I'm calling culture hacks every day. So it's a video of me talking for 60 seconds. It's not me just ranting about meaningless crap. Not not a waste of time video, at least I hope not. But it's it, some of these are produced and I've had a videographer film some of them. Others are more casual. I did one walking out of the gym the other day, filmed this video and wow, that went crazy on LinkedIn. People people thought it was, uh, I was pretty fired up in, in the message that I shared. 
and uh, people reacted positively to it. So if you haven't connected with me on LinkedIn, if you're not getting that content, and by the way, comment on it, interact with it, make a make a comment, whatever else. And I, I'd love to hear your thoughts, especially around this episode and, and really anything though. So connect with me, just search Russ, R-U-S-S Hill, and uh, you'll see me pop up um, on there. Um, other than that, subscribe to the podcast. And if you find any value in these episodes every week, will you just do me one simple little favor? Tell somebody, tell one person about the show, invite them to listen to it. All right, everybody, that does it for episode 38. This is Decide to Lead, and we'll talk to you next week.